1: Is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word, playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
0: And now, here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
1: Hello everyone, I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. We talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And I'm privileged to have conversations with you each and every week about mindsets and attitudes, focus, confidence, coach-parent, the coach-athlete, parent, coach, parent-coach, parent-athlete relationship, how officials, referees fit into the mix. We talk about how self-confidence can be built up or destroyed. How your focus can be the best it can be. I've been in practice as a sports psychologist in my 38th year now. began in 1981. I've had the privilege to have worked with athletes at all levels of competition, from the Olympic team and professional teams, down to collegiate teams, all the way down to youth sports. I've met an incredible number of wonderful people along the way all these levels. And I've also met some people who needed help with their minds, with their attitudes, their focus, with their confidence. And it's been a privilege to do this show every week because I get to converse with you about all kinds of things. About how your mind works, about how you deal with pressure, how you deal with success and failure, all these topics. We delve into these discussions every Sunday in Kansas City and our show is syndicated around the country. You know, competing, In sports is something that we all do at some point in our life, whether you're a little kid or as an adult and it's your career. You want to compete. You want to succeed. When you compete, you want to win. I don't know anyone who goes out to compete to intentionally lose, but I'm sure there are people that do. When you go out and compete, you want to succeed. But you're not always going to do that because we're human. And because we're human, we make mistakes, we screw up, we do things we shouldn't do. Competition, and to succeed in competition, involves a lot of things. It involves preparation, it involves game plans, it involves the right mindset. But ultimately, to me, it involves a lot to do with self-confidence. You know, confidence is, is a, a topic that we bring up on this show basically every week how you can be more confident. Our show last week, I interviewed Brad Sweeten and Margo Hurst, the athletic directors at Center High School here in the Kansas City area. And they talked about a program they have called the Positive Coaching Community that you can get on their email list and sign up for. And it's a tremendous program because it talks about positivity. It talks about teaching kids, parents, coaches, to be positive. They send out a quote every day during the week on their email list with positive statements. You know, and given the course of the situation our nation is in now with all the negativity and politics and everything else that goes on, I think positivity is something we need to spend some time on. And that's what I'd like to get into today on this show, about positivity and confidence. How you can build it, how you can sustain it, how you can develop it, how you can use it you know we all fail in things we do I don't care if it's your job if it's school if it's a relationship if it's a sport we're all going to fail we're all going to screw up we're all going to make mistakes because we're human in all my years in my private practice I've had so many high school athletes that come into my office and will tell me oftentimes with their parents that they're perfectionists they want to do everything just right. They want to do it just right all the time. And they get extremely frustrated when they don't. So i ask them this question. Have you ever met anyone who's perfect? And the answer, of course, is no. Because they'll say no one is perfect. Then I'll say, well, if no one's perfect, why are you trying to be perfect? Why are you a perfectionist? So you can't be happy because you're not going to accomplish your goal. So I try to focus on developing positivity, developing confidence, developing the right attitude. And that's the nature of what psychologists try to help people on is to deal with their issues, but to try to develop a positive mindset. And there are a lot of ways you can do that. But I think the most important part is having a good perspective. Setting good goals, setting positive, constructive goals that you can accomplish. And if you don't accomplish them, asking yourself, why didn't I? Why did I screw up at this? Why did I fail at this? What do I have to do to improve it the next time? Competition is something we all participate in every day in life, whether it's driving your car down the road trying to beat that car to the light, whether it's taking a test in school, whether it's trying to make more sales than your coworkers, whether it's trying to win a sport event, sporting event. What does it take to get there, though? So much of it, in my belief, has to do with positivity and developing that confidence. And in order to be positive and develop that confidence, I really feel strongly that you have to learn how to fail, how to screw up, how to handle it, understand it, and deal with it. Negativity is everywhere we look. You turn on the television today, the political ads, which make me sick, are there. You know, people running for political office insulting their opponents. I wish there could be a way to eliminate all that negativity and instead have politicians just go on and talk about their policies and what they stand for rather than bashing their opponents. Because that filters down to everything else we do, this negativity. You know, My producer, Jed Marshall, and I were talking before the show about the topic, and he brought up the incident that recently happened between the Houston Rockets and the Los Angeles Lakers, where Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo got ejected and suspended for getting in a fight. They're very competitive point guards. Rondo's got a history of problems in the league. Chris Paul also has a history, and consequently... They got into it. You know, Paul accused Rondo of spitting as they were yelling at each other, and I'm sure spit probably came out of his mouth because he was very heated. Well, then they almost got into a fight and they got you know got ejected. So where's the point where you're so competitive that you go over the edge, that you don't learn that self control? That's what I want to get into today. I want to find out from you. If this has happened to you before, have you been so competitive, so into what you want to do, you've lost that control? See, confidence to me has a lot to do with knowing when to slow down, knowing when to stop, knowing when your competitive desire, juices, flow is getting too strong, and it can take you too far. You know, I I always ask football players I work with, who's the guy who gets called for the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty? Is it the guy who does the first push or the guy who reacts? And typically, it's the guy who reacts. So self-control and self-confidence to me are two issues we gotta work on. I wanna hear from you if you're a coach, I want to get some calls in here today. I want to find out if you're a coach. How do you teach confidence and self-control in your athletes? How do you do deal with, with yourself? You know, a lot of athletes are reflections of their coaches. Their coaches' behavior oftentimes can filter down to their athletes. So I want to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete. How do you develop your self-confidence? How do you build it? And where's the point where sometimes your confidence can go too far and you go over the edge and push yourself to the point that you start to lose it? I'd like to hear if you're a coach, an athlete, or a competitor. Where does competition take you to the point where you're performing your best and where's the point where you go too far? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
1: Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm talking to you from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and we delve into the mental side of sports on this show. And today I'm bringing up somewhat of a philosophical topic, the issue of confidence and competition. How do you develop confidence? How do you keep it and stay healthy in a competitive atmosphere? and not get so overly competitive that you lose your confidence. You know, when we look at sports and we look at at how individuals can succeed, teams can succeed or fail, there's a common denominator I found. And that is, you know, as I've always said for years, you can have two athletes who are physically the same but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. And a great deal of having a stronger mind, in my opinion, has a lot to do with the preparation you put in. The preparation you put in about succeeding, about failing, about how you handle those situations. If you get too competitive with yourself, with your team, with your opponents, you can get yourself in trouble. So self-control is the real issue here. So what does it take to have that self-control? I think a lot of it has to do, as I said earlier, with being prepared, but also that ability to have self-confidence with yourself. So what does self-confidence mean? Confidence is the belief in yourself, the belief in your abilities, the belief in your skills, your talents, what you're capable of. Not just physically, but mentally as well. So how do you develop confidence and not get it to the point where it becomes cockiness? Because then cockiness turns into over-aggressiveness, and over-aggressiveness then turns into problems. I'd like to hear from if you're a coach. Have you ever had an athlete who maybe got too confident, too cocky with themselves to the point where they lost control, where they got themselves to a point where maybe they pushed themselves too hard, too fast, too strongly. And then they end up getting a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. They start jabbering too much. They start trash-talking too much. They start insulting their teammates, and then the opponents, and then they get called for a penalty. If you're a coach, I want to hear from you. I'd like to find out from you, how do you control your athletes' behaviors? And at the same time, how do you control yours? Let's get some phone calls in here. Let's get a discussion going. I'd like to hear from if you're a coach. I'd like to hear from if you're an athlete. The whole issue of self-control and confidence and the importance of being positive. I think if you compete in sports, which we all do, in life you have to be able to have the ability to deal with your confidence to deal with your focus to deal with your mindset your attitude and be prepared for those negative situations so if you're a coach and you've had an athlete who's had to who's had a situation where maybe they've emotionally gone too gotten too heated they've gone too far they've pushed themselves too much they've lost self control how do you pull them back and how much of an impact do you have on them as a coach? As I said, today's topic is a little more philosophical than normal. Normally we discuss, but at the same time, I think it's something that's important because as we enter into the winter and get into the, the, the winter sports, fall sports are starting to wrap down, and we'll start getting into sports like basketball and you know a lot of the indoor sports that go on at this point of the year, a lot of team sports. There's the importance of teamwork. There's the importance of communication. There's the importance of of working together. And as a coach, your job, you know, your your job as a coach is to be a psychologist. I've talked about it for years. A good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach needs a sports psychologist. Good coaches have the ability to recognize the athletes who maybe are overly competitive, maybe push themselves really hard, and know how to rein them in. Good coaches also understand with themselves how to pull themselves in. You know, I've noticed something different lately at the professional level in the NFL, especially with coaches. There's the even-keeled coach now that you see more of than before. You don't see coaches on the sidelines going ballistic as much as you have in the past. I think there's been a change in philosophy, not by everybody, but by many, to try to be even keeled, try to be more focused on what's coming up ahead and try not to get too emotional and let that carry over into the game because then your players will, will see that and then that'll take them to that point. So let's get some conversation going. I want to hear from you, if you're a coach, how do you develop confidence in your athletes to focus on themselves but not get overly confident, overly cocky to the point that they lose control of their emotions and consequently have problems on the, the athletic field, at the, on the court, and the game. Our phone number is 913 3810 I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I'd like to get your perspective. I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete. Have you ever lost control of your emotions in a game, in a competition, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an athletic event? And if you have, number one, why did that happen? Number two, were you able to rein yourself back in and, and control it? Or did you end up getting taken out of the game via an injection or a coach taking you out of the game because you lost control? If you're a coach, how do you sense that the athletes on your team are mentally keeping it together? What do you do when you sense that you have an athlete who's maybe a little bit overhyped, a little bit too hyped, and they start to lose control of their mental abilities to, to, to stay focused? How do you rein them back in? I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. If you're a parent and your son or daughter at times is overly competitive, maybe pushes themselves too hard, wants to win really badly, how do you rein them in as a parent? What do you say? Do you say anything or do you, do you stay out of it? You know, I always tell people, and in our book, Just Let him Play, that I co-wrote with Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery and Olympic Hall of Fame swim coach Pete Malone, we talk about the, the drive home, the ride home after the game. Not getting into it with your, your son or daughter. Don't talk about the game unless they want to bring it up. If they want to bring it up and talk about it, great. But, you know, you're sitting there, you can be frustrated watching all this. You want to say something to them, especially if they lost control of their behavior. But it's best not to talk about it in the car on the way home because everybody's going to be a little bit overly emotional at that point. But, you know, later when you get home and things have calmed down, sit down and ask them, say, listen, would you like to talk about what happened? And if there there is a behavior issue, obviously you need to as a parent, and say, we're going to talk about it. Other than that, I think you leave it up to the athlete to get into it with you. I'd like to hear from if you're a coach. How do you deal with the emotional self-control of your athletes? What do you do if you have an athlete who's too hyped up, too overly pumped up, and has trouble with self-control in a game, in a competition? I'm sure you've had an athlete like that before. How do you handle it? How do you deal with it? What do you do as a coach? How do you calm your athletes down to keep them in that even keel? I'd like to get in some calls from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent. If this has happened to you before, give me a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is
1: the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello everyone, I am Sports Psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station Sports Radio 810WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week to talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today's topic is this, the issue of self-control and confidence in your athletic event. What do you do if you have an athlete who is so competitive they have control they have difficulty controlling their emotions? What do you do if you have an athlete on your team and you're a coach, you've got somebody who's so competitive, wants to win so badly, they, they need to win, they've got to win, that they have trouble controlling their emotions and consequently lose control of them during the game? I'm sure as a coach you've had an athlete like that before. How do you deal with that? How do you get them to calm down? How do you get them to learn self-control? And not go too far that their overzealousness, their overcompetitiveness, can cause a problem in the game, maybe cause an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. They can get kicked out. It can cause negativity in your team. And if you're an athlete, have you ever had trouble controlling your emotions in a game? You were overly negative. You were down on yourself. Your confidence wasn't strong. Something started to go poorly, and then everything started to fall apart. How do you get that self-control? Let's see if I can help you out with that and give you some advice on how to deal with that. You know, the whole issue of self-control is something we all have to learn in life. When we get too emotional, obviously we say things we regret, we'll do things we regret, we put ourselves in a bad situation, and if you're on a team, your behavior can end up costing the team a victory, a win, or success. So the importance of self-control is there. So as a coach, your job is to be a leader, to be a guide, to be a psychologist, to be a director, to be a disciplinarian. Your job is to control these these issues on the field and you have to take the the initiative you have to take the aggressiveness as a coach to be strong enough to, to if you have an athlete who gets a little bit out of control to do something about it so if you ever had an athlete who lost control you know the chiefs kansas city chiefs last year had an athlete named marcus peters and they traded to the los angeles rams one of the reasons they traded him was because apparently of his inability to control his emotions there was a game against the Jets last year where he took the penalty flag after an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty was called. He threw it into the stands and obviously had some self control issues. And the whole importance of, you know, subsequently caused him. You know, Peters is an excellent cornerback, all pro, very adept at making interceptions, but the Chiefs traded him to the Rams, more than likely because of his behavior. So you have to ask yourself. When I have an athlete who is really talented physically, but mentally sometimes goes over the edge, how do I rein them in? That's part of your job as a coach as being a psychologist is to deal with that. So let's see if there's someone out there who wants to call in and bring up this topic. Have you had an athlete on a team you've coached who maybe was a little bit overly competitive, overly zealous, had trouble controlling their emotions, and consequently caused problems with the team, got you frustrated as a coach. And let's face it, as a coach, you have to control your emotions too. And if you can't control your emotions out there, that's gonna filter down to the way the team acts. So when you have an athlete like that, what do you do? I think one of the key things is having a game plan. Have a game plan, I always call it the what if plan. What if this happens, what if that happens? So as a coach, you wanna be prepared for success, you wanna be prepared for failure. Started off earlier in the show talking about perfectionists. You know, so many people want to be perfect in their sports performance. They say, I want to run the perfect race. I want to do the perfect swim. I want to have the perfect game. Well, what does that mean? You know, the last time any NFL team was perfect were the Miami Dolphins in 1973. That's 35 years ago. So it's pretty hard to be perfect. In fact, it's almost impossible. But we strive to do that way, and oftentimes that frustration issue comes up. So when you've been frustrated... How do you handle that? So I want to get let's get some calls in here. Let's see if we can get some conversation going. If you are a coach and you have had an athlete who maybe is overly competitive, overly zealous, then gets frustrated in their performance, how do you rein them in? What do you do about that? How do you handle it as a coach? What's your what's your technique? What's the way you deal with that? If you're an athlete and you've had a teammate, you've had somebody on your team who is overly hyped, overly into needing and wanting to win, and they get frustrated and things don't go well or go their way, how do you deal with them as a a teammate? One of the more problematic issues is dealing with teammates who are overly competitive. Because what happens is, you know, personalities dictate success. If you can get the right combination of personalities on your team, and you're gonna have some guys who are competitive, you're gonna have some guys who are overly zealous, you're gonna have some some athletes on your team, male or female, who have a strong desire to win. You're gonna have some athletes on your team who aren't gonna have that much of a strong desire to win. They just wanna compete. How do you mesh them together to succeed? That's the issue here. So let's see if we can get some calls I wanna hear if you're a coach. Like to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you deal with your athletes to get them to all be on the same page? And when you have an athlete who's overly competitive, pushing themselves too hard, needing and desiring to win too strongly, how do you get them to? to how do you get them to rein themselves back in? We'll see when we get some calls in here and talk about this. I think this is an important topic to get into because if you are coaching a team, you're always going to have somebody on that team who's not happy. There's always going to be somebody on the team who gets frustrated because things aren't going their way. So what do you do as a coach to rein them in? See, to me, that's where the preparation part comes in. That's where taking the time to develop the right confidence levels. And see, I think practice is a time where you talk about success and failure. Practice is a time where you coach success and failure. You ask your athletes, how am I going to deal with things when things don't go my way? How am I going to deal with things when things are falling apart? How am I going to deal with things when I'm screwing up? How am I going to handle that emotionally? Because in the end, that's going to dictate how the team performs one way or the other. So I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you handle an athlete who emotionally sometimes gets overly charged up, overly competitive, overly zealous in a game? How do you rein them back in? You like that competitive fire. You like that desire, that, that need and, and desire to push themselves But how do you get them to get to a point where they can learn to slow it down? I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. If you're an athlete and you've had a teammate like that who gets overly fiery, overly competitive, overly excited, can that end up hurting the team? Can that pull the team down? Can that cause problems with the team? So if you're a team leader, if you like to be somebody who's in charge, how do you handle that teammate? Do you say anything? Do you avoid him? Do you ignore him? Do you leave it up to the coaches? Let's get some calls here. Let's get a conversation going. This is an issue we all have to deal with if you play a team sport. It's something that happens to everybody. Self-control, self-confidence, competitiveness. Three terms that all are integrated together, that all fit together. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
1: Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour I'm from our flagship station, Sports Radio, 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we get into the mental side of sports. And today's topic is this the issue of competitiveness, overzealous athletes. How do you control an athlete on your team who maybe pushes too hard, pushes too far, ends up maybe getting called for an unsports conduct penalty, maybe is too competitive? How does that affect the team? How does that affect you as a coach? I want to hear you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete. and Let's see what Rosemary has to say. She's been waiting patiently. How are you, Rosemary, this morning?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you for calling in.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not a coach, but I'm a parent, and I have uh, two sons. Completely different in age. One's 15, uh, one's 7, but about to be 8. And my, they both play football. Now my 15 year old he's more laid back but all about the team he won I guess their Phi award that they have for um, the middle school um, so he he's really into the sport and he does what he does but when we come home like the you said the ride home don't talk about it i don't I don't necessarily um, like down him or tell him what he should have did. I ask him how he felt about the game if he wants to talk about it like so you said you got to play to their emotions and how they're how they are at the time. But now my seven year old, he's really competitive. I can't sit at home without him running past me in the living room and I have to toss him the football because he wants that win. He wants to go play. Now to keep him level, to keep him sane that this is just a game. He could go and the games he they won, they made it to their tournament but they lost yesterday. And he didn't get the ball not once, and he played quarterback and wide receiver. When he got the ball as a quarterback, they called it a penalty on their team. And he kept this cool, but they took the ball away from him right after that. He went back to just blocking, and not even, they didn't even throw him the ball. But when he got back in the car, he said, he mentioned that. And I said, well, TJ, you know, it's just the game, and you help your team win. He went from being that, that angry little boy to, you're right, it is just the game. You're going to you're gonna move on to something else, but we don't want him to think of it as this is your life, even though he does that. YouTube all day long, watching other little kids play tackle or play flag, trying to, you know, get the game down. And all the time during the Chiefs game, commercial breaks, we're tossing the ball back and forth. He's running around like a maniac in my living room. But then we have to, he gets to that point when the game comes back on, we're like, hey, look, you have to sit down and – you know, focus. You have to it's it's just the game.
1: How does he do in so, school, Rosemary?
2: He's uh excellent in school. Does he... Except for you know like boring classrooms, like to him is music I have to teach him the 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 way that everybody else sees it, and it's not the way that you see it but you still have to do what's right. So... And to him he he's seven years old. So seven year old and a fifteen year old. My fifteen year old is a straight A student, basically. He may be a couple B's, but straight A's. And he, when he played Pop Warner at that same age, nine, well, yeah, nine years old, he was very competitive and it was the same thing, telling him it's just a game. For these guys that think it's their platform, it's not your platform for your personal life and your personal beliefs. This is a game of football, it's a sport that brings everybody together strangers together that are high-fiving in the stands when we score a touchdown that's something that we say we do
1: well and i think you're i, your, I my, think you're handling I this my son,
2: it's not him it's a team effort
1: i think you're handling this great especially i like what you you know I, I always tell people on the drive home from a game if if the athlete wants to talk about it great but yeah. if you want to talk about it because you're frustrated don't because you're not going to get anywhere right and i think right. you're handling it the right way and you said your older son got an award what's that award for
2: um, I guess like they well they have three teams and it's like the top award for top player you know um, you show sportsmanship um, um, all this stuff that it went it's like the their their award for football and it was be, and they have three different teams A B A team B team C team and he played for B team um, defensive tackle so uh, it was between him and another young man and the coaches wouldn't they couldn't decide who to give it to but one wouldn't give up on the other boy so two boys on the b team got the award when it's never been done before
1: i think that's awesome it sounds like you're doing a great job are are you a single parent or do you have a husband helping you out with all this
2: no i have a husband helping okay we have seven kids between us so we have a daughter that's playing basketball right now in college um just uh, here you know here missouri up north or no, I think it's down south.
1: Well, not, se- that's
2: just sure, but yeah, but yeah, no, kids are they're going places, and we just got to remember, you know, th- this is the real world. Even though you're playing a sport, we don't want you to make it um, your life. This so seven, a, a kids, seven kids, seven
1: kids—that's a challenge. Now, let me ask you this question: Yeah, when your sons have failed, when they've screwed up, when they've made mistakes, what do you say to them about that? How do you help them handle that afterwards?
2: Um, I tell them they can always make up for it. You can always go back at it. You don't ever give up just because you you think you failed. In your mind, something—I ha- mean, you, you you think you did, but really, something happened that it didn't go your way. You figure that out now that you know that, and take those tools and go get it next time. You don't don't look at it as it's failing. I mean, because it's a lesson learned. Learn from that. Just keep moving.
1: I think that's sit, I think that's don't great sit advice. do dwell on it. Uh, y- y- you said your oldest oldest daughter's playing college basketball, yeah, okay. did she get frustrated at times when she was playing at uh, lower levels?
2: uh yeah, when they would take a loss, and we would have to tell her the same thing it's it's a game, you're not gonna win them all so you're you're just not it's not it's not gonna happen, and if it does, man, that's awesome, but you just you gotta look at the reality, everybody's got to do their part. If you did your part, that's all you can. That's all you can do.
1: So, building confidence in your kids, Rosemary, how have you done it? How have you gotten them, taught them to develop their confidence?
2: Oh, you, you tell them the parts that just got you. Like, oh, remember when you did this? When you blocked her, and you have to give them that positive feedback. And that's what I try to do with my kids. Point blank, period. Give them that positive feedback because then that builds them up. That, that gives them that, that motivation like, you know, my mom's watching, everybody's watching, I, I want to do this, but don't let it go to your head.
1: Have you, you always ha, have... Let, let me ask this question. I really, really like what you're saying here. You're, you're a very bright lady. You've got a good perspective on what to teach your kids from my perspective. Somebody might disagree with us. But how have right. you how have you taught them to learn from failure?
2: Oh from my failures. If if I burnt something in the kitchen, it you know it was because now I come on, you've never attention.
1: done that with seven kids. You've been distracted, <laughs> have you?
2: I I have uh, doing something that I'm doing now, talking so much and then not paying attention to the, what's on the stove and like oh man or getting into the TV show and going oh dang it I forgot that you know and I'm like dang guys see this is why this is why you have to pay attention to what you're doing because look what I did. Now I'm gonna to have to start all over, or get something totally different. And I mean, they they understand. They know mistakes. They my kids are so aware of their surroundings because of the things that that go on in in the world. And I make them very aware, so they watch people. And when they see things that, in their mind, will go, huh? You know, that's what mom's talking about. That that's what she means when people are crazy when they see somebody that they don't you know isn't in their norm you know a view of the of what we do
1: well and, i think one of the things that you've done just from listening to you that i think is really great is you've let your kids see you screw up and you yeah. it doesn't sound like you've flipped out about it you've you've made it a teacher you know they call it teachable moments yeah and that's exactly. probably helped them understand things and deal with things better and i, I want to commend you on that rosemary because i think that's you know first of all having seven kids is is uh I, I I admire you for that, and I'm sure yeah. that's that's a lot.
2: <laughs> Seven is a lot, and they that's a lot of different personalities, and that's a lot of emotions, and catering to all of those, and trying to still be yourself, and um, it is a difficult task. But I think for for me, maintaining that is what keeps them like, okay, hey, if she can do it, and she's not like everybody else's mom or she doesn't make the mistakes, you know, to where we're not living um, like in the ghetto or um, not to say that that's a bad thing because I grew up in Northeast and right off of 12th and uh, prospect. So, I mean, I, I've seen the worst of the worst, but I've made it through. I've made it through and I've given my kids a better life, but trying to let them know what life really is about. And again, with the football um, keeping them busy so that they don't get into anything that I that would one day lead them to possibly jail or anything I mean hey I'm going to do that but I want them to make sure that they know that this is just a game
1: well rosemary this I want to thank you for calling up this morning it's been invigorating listening to you you've you obviously are a wonderful role model for your kids sounds like you're doing a great job with them and just I want to wish you continued success and thanks for sharing what you do and, and continue good luck to you all right thank you thanks for listening appreciate it I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. We talk about the mental side of sports in the show. That was that was a great call. I lo- I really like what she had to say. Seven kids. I can't even fathom that. I have two sons, raised them pretty much by myself after I was divorced, and uh, I can't even fathom what having seven kids would be like. But you have to have balance, and you got to be a good teacher. And I love the fact that she said, "Hey, when I screw up, I let them see it and how I can learn from it," and it's probably done great taught great lessons to her kids i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show from our flagship station sports radio 810 whb in kansas city there are a lot of ways you can get a hold of me our shows are podcasted here on sports radio 810 whb on the website they're also podcasted on my website winnersunlimited.com and you can send me an email there at drj at winnersunlimited.com check out our book just let them play guiding parents coaches and athletes through sports and the relaxation visualization exercise I have on my website. You can also follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports DRJSportsPsych at DRJSPRTPSYCH and as always, you can reach me at my office at 816-561-5556. Love to hear from you. If you have topics or comments about the show or things you'd like me to talk about, love to hear what you have to say. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great week. You've been listening to the
0: Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com.